Would you be, would you pray with me for a moment, please? Let's pray. Loving God, speak to us once again. Your word of love, your word of grace, may it bear fruit in our hearts that we may be doers and not just hearers. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm glad to be back with you all today. I had a conference that I attended this week. It's the Marcha Conference, which is the, the gathering of the Hispanic Caucus of the United Methodist Church. And we had wonderful conversation. We talked about the church, where uh, it is that we are going as a church, what are some of the things that we can do to meet the times in which we live, which is an important conversation. Uh, because um, we believe that the church is going through a paradigm shift at this time. Did you know that the church throughout its history has gone through different paradigm shifts? I imagine if we had lived through the Reformation, uh, that would have been different, right? Kind of scary, perhaps. Um, how about the schism of the 11th century, which we all know about? Everybody knows about this. So I don't have to explain it to you. You know what I'm talking about. But these were turbulent, difficult times in the history of the church that really made a difference in its history. Now, not all shifts are uh, huge and momentous like those. I mean, there are, there are small shifts that, whether we acknowledge it or no, whether we realize it or not, have made a huge difference in how we worship. I imagine at some point someone decided to bring uh, his guitar, come to the uh, front and start playing, and someone uh, said, well, hold on, we've never done it that way. We've played hymns. Now someone's playing guitar, that's different. But then somebody liked it and decided to do it that way. And then a new uh, style of worship um, was created, right? So we have these paradigm shifts taking place in our churches, whether we realize it or not. And I think, friends, as we look around today, at this time in our history as a church, we are going through a paradigm shift here in our country. Uh, I see when I look around, there's a lot of biblical illiteracy. A lot of people uh, quote the Bible, but not a lot of people has read it, right? Uh, I remember going to class, uh, one of my professors said, uh, told us the definition of a classic. He said, a classic, yes, everybody quotes it, but no, one's just, no one has actually read it, right? And I'm afraid, friends, that the Bible's become a classic for many people, where they like to talk about it, but they don't take the time to read it and learn from it. Uh, we know that people attend church differently, right? Many people are joining from home or some other parts, right? I mean, um, I know we upload our sermons in podcast form they're listening to sermons differently these are new very particular to our times our time and place um in, in, in our history and our and the pandemic didn't just uh, uh you know keep anything like this from happening it just accelerated so a lot of us christians and pastors and people who work at churches are experiencing a lot of motion sickness of how fast they've been moving lately. 
And that tells me that there's a paradigm shift taking place in our churches, in how we do church, how we understand ourselves as Christians. There's this article, in fact, that I was uh, reading. It was an interview. Um, uh, I believe it was a Baptist um, leader who was telling the stories of pastors who would come to him and the story repeated itself when, that when pastors began to preach the Sermon of the Mount, we're familiar, you know, put the other she, uh, cheek if someone hits you, right? When he, the, people started preaching from the Sermon of the Mount, uh, people, parishioners would go to their pastors and say, uh, that's kind of weak. What do you mean it's kind of weak? I'm quoting Jesus. Yeah, I don't know if that would work today. It's just not, it's, it seems very uh, divisive, that message. They would go to him, to, the, uh, to, to, them, to their pastors, and explain that it, the message didn't necessarily fit the time according to them. Are you with me? So there's a paradigm shift taking place in our churches today. I don't know, it's hard to tell right now if it will be as big as the Reformation. It's hard to tell what the result is going to be, the end result. Perhaps we might have to wait a few decades to see truly how this is changing and the direction in which it is moving. But friends, it is happening. It is happening today around us. And I do believe that, first of all, First of all, I do believe that the, the message um, that we find in Jesus is not a weak message. I believe there's still uh, power in the words of Jesus. I believe that God still speaks to us through Scripture. And I believe this passage that we just read has something to say uh, when it comes to this conversation. Now let's revisit this passage. What, what is it that we read? Jesus praying at a mountain. Disciples are on a boat. And then at some point there, there's a storm taking place. I imagine that people were scared. And then they see Jesus. They think it's a ghost. But Jesus says, it's not a ghost, it's me. Uh, and then he invites them to experience that peace, right? Friends, I, I do believe if I if I were to as I read this passage, I, I it makes sense to me because I like I said, I believe our churches are going through through tempestuous times. I like that word. Every now and then I, I, I pull out my dictionary and my thesaurus. I just like to throw words at you. See if you've heard them before. <laughs> Tempestuous. There's uh, it's a storm going on around us. And as we do this, there's some things, as we realize this, there's some things that we need to keep in mind. Number one, we need to be able to hear God's voice in the midst of all of this. We need to hear the voice of Jesus, and we need to be open to that. Number two, we need to respond to the call of Jesus. 
Number three, we need to keep the faith that's promised to this place. Amen. Praise Jesus. Now, our churches are going through a storm. We've, we've acknowledged that. Sometimes it gets pretty noisy. So noisy that we can't hear the voice of Jesus. It seems weak in the midst of these, uh, these uh, the, the events that are taking place. When the disciples see Jesus, their response is fear. They think he's a ghost. The storm is so strong that they don't even recognize Jesus. And friends, I believe, my prayer today is that in these times we're still able to recognize Jesus. That we don't get too distracted with the things that are going on around us. That we don't hold on to our ideas or our beliefs of who or what Jesus is. But that we're open to be surprised by Jesus today. I know many of us come to church expecting <laughs> the same things that we've experienced every Sunday. Perhaps a good uh, message or a not so good message. Perhaps I know, a little too, a bit of a long message with your current pastor. But um, I want to tell you, friend, that today we can experience Jesus in unexpected places if we are open to it. If we are willing to listen to his voice. If we put aside the noise of the storm, the noise of all these different things that are going on, and we just listen, we can experience God's presence anew and understand what He is saying to us. Jesus is still speaking to us today. The Sermon of the Mount is still relevant to us. The whole scripture is relevant to us if we are open to reading it with humility and if we make an effort to understand. Now responding to the call, that's, uh, that can be difficult. How do we respond to the voice of Jesus once we've heard it? You know, I, uh, um, I think it's interesting that, that some of the characters in the Bible, it's easy for us to say, well, this is a good guy, this is a bad guy. Peter is kind of a, a complex individual. There are times when he messes up. There are times when he's seen as impulsive. But there are times when he is an example of faith to the people around him. And as I see his response when they see Jesus walking on the water, and he's the one who says, I want to go where you are, I want to be with you. I don't see or I don't read about anybody else saying that at that time. That tells me something about his faith. He wanted to be with Jesus. He wanted to walk as Jesus walked. And I can only imagine being in the middle of that storm, how scary it must have been to take those first steps. To get closer to Jesus. How many of us would have taken those first steps? I'm very hesitant to say I would have done it because I don't know. People respond differently in different situations. But those first steps outside of the boat 
are the first steps that many of us take when we leave our comfort zones to follow Jesus. We've been there before. We know what it's like when we hear the voice of Jesus and we feel that conviction and we feel like something needs to change in our lives and we leave behind us all those things that have made us comfortable and we take the risk. When we take the risk to follow Jesus. And let me tell you something, if you're following Jesus and you haven't felt the need to take a risk in your journey, I want to invite you to uh, uh, pray and reconsider a few things. Because when we follow Jesus, we take risks. Can you say amen? amen? When we follow Jesus, you and me, we take risks. We get outside of our comfort zone. The boat represents that place where we are safe, when we are secure, when we're dry, when we're above water. That is the boat for many people. And sometimes Jesus takes us out of the boat to scary, uh, intimidating situations. There's a lot of boats in our lives. And one of the things that I've been thinking about, a question that's been placed in my heart is, well, what if the way we've been doing church is like a boat to us? What if we, what if we have found uh, in the church a comfortable place that doesn't require us to take any risks to follow Jesus? What if we have found in the church a place where we just go and listen once a week and we leave the place and we may be, well, that was okay. That was a good sermon. That was fine. I like the other sermon better. And then one hour or two hours before that, we just kind of forget what the message was. Friends, Jesus is inviting us to live a risky faith today. God is inviting us, Jesus is inviting us to step out and perhaps we need to rethink the way in which we've been doing church. Perhaps we have to step out and take those few steps towards Jesus. You know, the way we've been doing church for decades now, it's we've been focusing on the three Bs, right? Buildings, budgets, and bodies. If, if a church has a nice building that's well taken care of, if a church has money in the bank, if a church has enough bodies on the pews, we consider that to be a successful church. Well, perhaps we need to revisit that. Perhaps we need to revisit what being a successful church, what being a successful church is, and revisit what it is that's required of us at this time in our history. I like to compare the church to a boat for a simple reason, and that is that um, the boat is a means of transportation, okay? You get in a boat to get from one place to another. You don't get to, you don't stay in the boat. You understand me? You don't live in a boat. Well, maybe a few people do. But usually, you get in a boat to get from one place to the other. It's a means of transportation. 
In that same way, friends, I believe the church is a way of transportation. The church, when it's done well, takes us from one place to another. But the church is not the end. It's not the final destination. I believe, friends, as a pastor, that the, my job is not to bring people to church, but to but to help, um, but to bring people to Jesus. The church is the way we get in which we get to Jesus, but the church is not Jesus. I do believe that um, many Methodists have to revisit John Wesley, the founder of Methodism. He has a very famous phrase where he, uh, at his time, said, "The world is my parish." Have you heard that word, uh, that phrase before? The world is my parish, he said. People were trying to limit his ministry and in terms of where he could go to preach. And he said, you're not going to limit my ministry because you're not the one who called me. If I don't have a place to preach, if I don't have a place to, uh, to sing, to go through the liturgy, guess what? The world will be my parish, he said. And to this day, his words and his ministry and his works continues to make a difference in our world. I do believe, however, that some Methodists, we've changed the words around. Instead of saying, the world is my parish, we've decided that the parish is our world. And we stay in the church. And our ministry is confined within the church. And we don't dare to step outside of the boat and take those steps to go where Jesus is. To, where, to go where the need is, to meet people where they are, to take those risks. But the church is the place that takes you, it's the means that takes you from A to B. Friends, we are not, to man, we are not meant to stay in the church. And I try to make this, play, uh, this point often and say to people, we have been blessed this church has been blessed and continues to be blessed. But we're not called to hoard our blessings. We're not called to just hold on to those blessings and, and, and keep them to ourselves. But those blessings that we have received, we're called to share them and to bring them out to the world. Stepping out of the boat. Those first steps, those are fundamental, those are key. Does that mean that once you step out of the boat, your ministry, everything's going to go well? Things are going to go well, you don't have to, you're not going to have to experience some obstacles? No, friends. The, the wind, the storm is still going around, so it's intimidating. And there may be times in our ministry when we start sinking. When we experience doubt. When we don't know what to do. But hear the good news. Hear the good news. Even when we experience doubt, even when we don't know, when we do not know what to do, Jesus is there extending his hand and saying, come, come to me. 
as we go through this paradigm shift in our churches, I don't know what church is going to look like 10, 20, 50 years from now. I really don't. I wonder if people are just going to go to ChatGPT and say, write me a sermon <laughs> and, and tell it to me. I don't know. Things are so different now from when they were decades before. I don't know what it's going to be like in the future. But I know this. Jesus will be there faithfully inviting us to come. We may, not have, we may not be able to focus on the three beasts as we have in the past, the buildings, the budgets, and the bodies. And it may be scary at first to get out of the boat and to follow Jesus. But as we experience this paradigm shift, we have to hold on and listen to his voice and recognize his voice in the middle of the storm. We have to listen. And we have to be willing to take risks. We have to be willing to take risks. When Peter gets out of the boat and he starts sinking, at that moment, at that moment, he cries out to Jesus, Jesus, save me, help me. And friends, people don't do that in the boat. People don't do that when we're in a comfortable place. They do that when we're in the when they're sinking in the water. Now I, I love water images in scripture. There are different stories, different passages in scripture when we when we read about water. Who can tell me a few of these? You get to talk now if you want to. What are some stories in scripture that mention water? What's that? Parting of the Red Sea, yes, absolutely. John the Baptist. John the Baptist, yeah, baptizing them in the, in the river. Thank you. Anybody else? Crossings from one side to the other. Yeah. At different times. Yeah, crossing from one time to the other. Um, uh, Elijah. What's that? I'm sorry? Yeah, we turn the water into wine. Yeah, there's so many of these stories that talk about water. One of my favorites is the story of creation. I don't know if you've read this before. If you want to read it sometime, it's at the very beginning of the Bible. Just go one chapter and two or two into it, and you'll read these stories of creation. And one of them says, in the beginning, um, when God began to create, the, 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 the earth was empty and messy, and the Spirit of God hovered, what? over the face of the deep, right? There's over the face of the waters. The word for that is tehom, right? In the Hebrew. And when, when and many books have been written about this, and it's fascinating how when we talk about tehom, the chaos, the waters, the deep, it's, it's, it's really referring to a, um, a force of chaos, where you don't know what's going on, where you don't know what's, it's messy, it's moving, it's uncontrollable, you can't understand it, you can't control it, but it's also within this chaos, there is so much creative energy. Are you with me? And out of the, the mess, 
the, the face of the deep, God starts to create something new. And that's a beautiful thing. And I love what you said uh, about uh, the baptism. You said about baptism. Uh, the, the, the waters, we get into the waters, understanding that through baptism, God, God is doing something new. God is transforming and creating new things. Are we seeing, are we seeing this? The waters represent chaos. The waters represent something that's outside of our control something that we can completely understand but within this chaos god creates brings forth something new since the very beginning of scripture up until today as we face the waters as we step in perhaps we start sinking a little know that god has the power to bring forth something new out of the water, out of the chaos. Are we willing to listen? Are we willing to respond? And join God in that creative work for our church, for our people. I don't know what the future will bring, but God is working now in this place, bringing forth something new. Are we willing to join God? in that process. Can you say amen? amen? Let's pray. Loving God, we, we thank you for your work. Sometimes we look at the chaos, we look at the storm, and it's easy to get scared because we don't know what's happening. We don't know. We can't control it. But God, you are the same God that out of the tejon, out of the mess, out of the deep, you brought up something new brought something new into being. As we face the storms of life, as we see this paradigm shift take place right before our very eyes, we understand and we know that you are bringing forward, uh, bringing forth something new. Help us step out of our comfort zones. Help us hear your voice and make an effort to come close to you, knowing that at all times you have your hand extended to us, telling us, come, come, come. Help us listen. Help us respond. And help us participate in this creative process with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.